Welcome to the Jesus Said Love podcast. This is a space where we talk about what it means to awaken hope and empower change. Listen, for over a decade, Em and I have been fostering relationships with men and women who've been impacted by the commercial sex industry. And it's through those relationships that Jesus Said Love was born. We figured it was time to talk about what this ministry has taught us and is still teaching us along the way. I promise it's going to be a place of conversation and story. And we hope you learn something new. Maybe you see something in a new way. Fun fact, you're going to hear music because Brett and I are musicians. Yep. We can't just talk. Nope. we got to sing and play too. We do. Here's the deal, guys. Our hope is that as you hear these stories, that you'll tap into your own story and that you'll be encouraged to live and love well like Jesus. Hi, guys. We are so glad you are listening. It's been really fun to explore this kind of communication tool. I could not agree more. It's really life-giving. Brett and I love just really telling the story and putting language. It's been such a good process for us to remember. Like the, And to like sit here and look at each other and talk. True, because... Yeah, you have to fight for this space sometimes, you know? Yeah, like there's been a lot going on today. There's been a whole lot going on today. Yeah. I mean, and I'm intermittent fasting, which means I haven't eaten since yesterday. So (laughs) I don't know what's going to come out of this mouth. We should all maybe say prayers right now. It's going to be good, guys. Uh, um, We want to talk to you guys about kind of our journey along the way. We've been sharing about the work of Jesus Said Love and the meaningful stories that we've been able to hold along the way. And one of the biggest challenges that I feel like so many nonprofits are faced with is how to fundraise. Mm. <laughs> Boy, what a that word just has always given me a rash. I know it has for you. I've I have found a lot of joy in this aspect of what we do, but I want to talk about that because it wasn't always necessarily the case. I actually didn't know how much I would enjoy um some of the stuff that we're doing now. Maybe it's that word fundraise. It, it, it like takes me back to little league baseball where <laughs> you're selling we, chocolate bars. Those, those almonds, you <laughs> know, the almonds so in the good. box, they were so good. World's greatest <laughs> chocolate or something. And they were, Hey, feel free to reach out for a sponsorship <laughs> chocolate company, by the way. Um, but that's fundraise selling Christmas wrapping paper. We I, could be super cheesy and call it fun raise. Yeah. That's Wow. This is taking a dive. <laughs> okay, okay. So it is hard, it's a hard concept for a lot of people who are in nonprofit world to wrap their minds around. It's also a hard concept. Let me just be real honest. It's a hard concept when you're putting Jesus and money together. Like that becomes a really strange uh tightrope to walk because the tension there is to make it something that it's not for these spiritual practices and these spiritual truths and the work that God is doing in the world to start monetizing it and to start putting currency around it and, and asking people that I think that's where it, it can become just really hairy. You feel me? I got you. You are so taking pictures right now. Don't bust me like that, bro. <laughs> Come on. I ain't you, bro. And I just busted. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, so, just putting photos. So did you for the hear website. what I said? Yeah, I did. Okay, so don't you think that's hard when we put spiritual things and we start attaching currency? Don't you think that's why it's hard for Christian nonprofits? Yeah, to do I mean, this well. Well, it's yes, and I think it's because we get we get these visions of or these callings of things that we're going to do and we're going to go help and f- stand in the gap for people and but it takes money to do that. Sure. Like money is a, a currency of this world. And I believe, you know, it it is. It is God who gives us the ability to create wealth and it's our it's our responsibility as Christ followers to steward what we've been given well. I mean, I think of the whole parable of the talent, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that Jesus, Jesus never says like money is the root of all evil. It's that the love of yeah. money, right? It's that, it's that greed that can become hoarding and can become so, but all that gets super mixed up. And, and here's the deal. Like, Christian nonprofits aren't raising money for Jesus. Right. 
like he's doing okay. <laughs> you know, like he's actually the one who who has all the money, right? Who right. has all the provision, who has all this. But we get to join in directing where the money of this world goes. And I think back to you had a Brett um, as a team, um, Henry Nowen's mm. spirituality of fundraising. So rich and good. It, and it, it really is a shift. Yeah. It, it's a shift. And um, I think you can even, you can buy it online or you can go download it. But for those who are struggling with this concept of a church or a Christian, a faith-based nonprofit, or even just any nonprofit that's doing good in the world, which is what nonprofit work is, you know, how do we, how do we fundraise? I think this is, this applies to what we're, what we're going to share. I feel like applies across the board, whether you're faith-based or not. I just think it gets super tricky in Christianese land. Well, and I think we've done that to ourselves. I mean, I think back to, you know, when we first started our nonprofit Mm -hmm. and, I think I was in such a spiritual space that it's like God is provider, and He is. But it was like this this mystical. I just need to pray, and all of my needs will be met. And yes, that is true. But but there's also a responsibility for me to talk about what I'm doing and to share. Not in a not in a you know if you don't send your money, then this is going to happen. But but there's a responsibility to if i believe in what i'm doing i want to share that i don't want to keep that from someone and i think early on in my 20s i was like okay you can't talk about your need and you can't do that because mm-hmm. if you do then you're you know you're being almost prosperity gospelish mm-hmm. and that's not right and i think where we're at now is we believe in what we're doing yeah. and i i want more people to get in on it not just because of their money but because I think they will find healing yes. in being a part of this thing. So the big the big truth is that people want to be a part of things that are um, full of vision. People want to be a part. Whether it, I mean, our board member Johnny always says, "Your time, your talent, your money, your influence." You want to put your time, talent, money, and influence where the good stuff is, yeah, you know? And so the big truth is that we have to, and what we're going to share is that we had to figure out a way for people to jump in with their time, talent, money, and influence. We had to give people a way to experience the vision and catch the vision for what we were doing in the world. Which is why I think the word, I don't like the word fundraising. Yeah, I think I I think it's an investment, and it's not always about money. You know, that's why exactly. I love Johnny brought those four words to our table years ago: time, talent, money, influence. Right. That involves everybody can be a part of that. Yeah, everybody has some time. Totally. Um, everybody has influence oh, of yeah. some sort. I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if you're a news person or not. You have a circle of influence, right. and with something you believe in, be it JSL, Mission Waco, whatever you is, is got your blood boiling. Yeah. You, you can put in your time, talent, money, and influence. Yes. And so if you have been a part of the Jesus Said Love journey, um, you've also been a part of hearing us talk about this thing called Wild Torch. Whoa. And Wild Torch, if any of you guys have experienced it, it is an experience. It is an experience. But it wasn't always what it is and what it will be, and it's always morphing and changing. But today is not where we started, right? No. Uh, This isn't like a prefab, like we do this one thing every year in the same way. And I just want to go back and like you to tell us, Brett, where our quote fundraising ideas. This has been quite a journey. I mean. Because you came up with the first couple of options. I did. And I was so proud of it. And so excited and, and it I wasn't wild torch it was not wild torch it was it was pre-wild torch yeah. it was the beginnings of what would become wild torch because you know several years ago i thought we've got to do an event because sure. we're musicians running a non-profit yeah. right we don't know all the the ins and outs of how to do a non-profit right we've learned we've had we're self-taught in this whole thing and we surround ourselves with really smart people um to take up our gaps and so they started to say, you need to do a fundraising event. And I have friends who run nonprofits and I've been to their events and mm-hmm. I thought, well, you know, I, I think we could do something that's a little bit more us, you know, we're uh, not. Tell we're, us what you really thought though. I was, I was always bored. I mean, it's, 
It's almost predictable. It's going to be some cheap chicken fried steak. There you go. That's kind of cold and floppy. There you go. And I'm going to sit at a table with people that I don't know. Um, and then I'm going to hear some stories. And then there's going to be a board member that gets mm-hmm. up. And he's going to give a 20-minute spiel on why I should dig deep right. and help fund this thing. And then it's over. Yeah. And I walk away. And you I've, forgot the silent auction. Oh, that that's right. The, or on. the bake sale. You know, yeah, sometimes true. there's a bake sale yeah. and really... Yeah. Yeah. So I thought, let's do, that's not us. You didn't want to do that. No. No, I didn't want to do that. You definitely didn't want to do it, but I was right there with you because that's not us. Yeah. And it's not, it's not, you know, it's just not who we are and and what we're doing. And here's the deal too, is that we, we personally don't have a lot of money. So we probably weren't going to like big hoity toy. It's not like we personally were ever courted as huge no. high level donors. So, no. so the fundraisers that we got to be a part of were, were the kind of the, you know, throw some things together and put on this event and pay $25 for a raffle ticket and come. I mean, but that's really what we could, we could give 50 or a hundred or 200 bucks, but, but we weren't, you know, courted personally. So our perspective on on a nonprofit who was going to try to bring people in was like you're not really that important to us because mm. you don't have all the money and so we're going to give you this experience that we kind of feel like is all you're capable of buying into. Which is kind of gross. But I'm just saying that's what it felt like. Yes, yes, I agree. When you don't have a lot of money, yep. you feel like you can't participate in experiences with nonprofits because you don't have all this money. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we decided to, to, to use our talent. We did. That's all we had. That's all we had. We, we had <laughs> we our talent. We can play music and sing songs. And we decided <laughs> we're going to do a concert event. Right. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do it at the coolest venue in Waco at the time, Common Grounds, Whoop. big shout out to our friends over there yes. uh, on 8th Street. And great venue in the backyard, mm-hmm. and we need a name for this thing. Yeah. And we're going to invite some friends to play. We're going to play music, and I think, then the first year we had Ross King? Well, I was thinking, I don't remember if James Mark Gully performed. He with, did one. He did one. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the second one. I don't know. Anyway, so we had to come up with a name, and at that point, you know, where Jesus said love, and you know, everything was kind of Jesus this and Jesus. I think even think we had truckers at the time. You know, Jesus loves truckers yeah, was yeah. going on. And we're kind of in this big nomenclature of Jesus this, blah, blah, blah. And so I thought, genius. Jesus said rock. <laughs> Come on. Oh my gosh. It's still it's still awesome. Oh. oh. And the even cooler thing was the graphic was going to look just like I our know. original Jesus said love with yeah. the little lines, mm-hmm. you know, kind of. Yeah, same slanted, colors too. Same I colors. think I think it was just very monochromatic. It was amazing, mm. and we even had a website, JesusSaidRock.com. Yeah. So what happened? So we have this great night. We sell tickets. We have people who are coming. We had about three hundred people, That's I great. believe. The backyard was out. full. There, mm-hmm. it was cool. And we played music, and we played original song. I mean, yeah. you interviewed Kathleen. Kathleen may have been our second year. I can't remember, but um, Kathleen came the second year. You know, year. we told some stories of what mm-hmm. was going on. I think one of them, you yeah. were pregnant. I mean, yeah. I look back yeah, at Genevieve Peel. Seth Philpott. Hole playing. in the Roof took mm-hmm. the photos. I mean, you look back at the photos, and it's, it looks like an epic event. <laughs> but when we got to the end of the event, right. when we got how to... M- how much did we fundraise? Okay, all right. So year one, we raised 400 and twenty dollars. Hey. <laughs> Look ding, out! Ding, ding. You're a winner. Great event, a lot of fun. Yeah, that didn't even cover one outreach. <laughs> Barely paid the band. And this was going to be our event to right. fund the year, right? Yeah. And so we had to go back to the drawing board and go, "What are we doing wrong?" Right. Well, wrong venue. Yeah, wrong venue, and and we marketed college students who don't have anything to give. So we had a great nothing. experience. But what we learned in that is there were two. There were a couple of things. Is that um, experience is everything? Yes, and that um, story is powerful, mm. and that music is a way to create an experience full of story. Yes. 
So with those things in mind, we just thought, well, we have to change the, um, the venue. We have to change the venue, and it has to appeal to more people than just college students. Well, and, and you even said it best, and you, in this, I was still struggling a little bit with this idea of, of almost telling the story to invite people with means, and you said, we've got we've to create an event um, for people who can fund yeah. what we're trying to do. Right. And that fe- at the beginning, that felt a little weird to me, but the more I thought about it, that that's that practical stewardship yeah. of stewarding this vision God's given us. Yeah. And that's just the fact. And I think that for us, it's like, it's such an opportunity. And I guess this is just the way my mind started to see the issue with raising support for our vision is that, People in college and people who were learning about all the social injustices that are happening in the world are a little more familiar with our population of wanting to get in the weeds, of wanting to volunteer, of wanting to be, you know, part of the movement. And so we had their attention. Yeah. We had their attention for what was happening with human trafficking and sex exploitation. And That's, we even had their time. And we had their time. That's not what we needed necessarily. Mm-hmm. We needed people who were living in a totally different reality with a lens on the world that wasn't at all necessarily attuned to social injustices. And we needed their eyes. We needed their eyes to see. We needed their ears to hear. And we needed their pocketbooks to open. Yeah. I mean, we were at a point of growth. We needed to, we needed to hire people. Right. And yeah. it couldn't just be me and you. No, no, no. Right. It was never meant to be just that. Yeah. So... So five years ago, which is crazy to think about. So five years ago, we um, we just began saying, okay, we, we've got to revamp what this um, fundraising event looks like. And without a doubt, I knew this wasn't going to be an event. This had to be an experience. Experience was key. Experience are, is what I'm passionate about. It's what I feel like changes people. It's what changes things. And if we could create an experience in our city for people to see our women as human, if we could humanize instead of seeing women in the industry through a lens of judgment and stereotypes, but if we could actually bring humanity to the population, to to a population who didn't know our population, right? So it's like bridging this huge chasm. Then we could do that through experience. And the only way we could create an experience where that kind of thing wouldn't overwhelm you but would actually entice you would be the visual and performing arts. Music, theater, art, those are universal languages that appeal to the soul. And that's exactly what we wanted to create. So we began kind of going to the drawing board and I could see it in my mind's eye before we ever had a name for it. And I got a text from a friend and and we kept looking even in poems and we were looking and I was looking, I say we, I, I was looking at poems and literature and sacred texts and um, uh, scriptures and, you know, trying to see like, what could we name this? What could we name this? And I did keep thinking about the image of either the scarlet cord, or I kept thinking of images surrounding fire, um, you know, transformation, fire is symbolic of transformation. It's symbolic of growth and death. And it's, it's so just powerful elemental imagery um, to our faith. And so we got a text during that season where I'm really, really thinking and praying about what do we call this experience that we don't really know what's going to take shape. And got a text from a friend, Sarah, who, um, and hi, Sarah, if you're listening, Sarah Combs, um, she, she was in the airport and she was wearing one of our shirts. And she said, I'm getting so many questions in the airport about your shirt. And she said, I just love the wild torch that you guys carry. And so when she sent me that text, I, I think I immediately sent it to you. And I was like, this is it. Wild torch. Yeah. That's the name. So Sarah named wild torch. Um, and, and, and off we went. And do you remember as soon as we got that name, it's off to the races for a drawing, for a logo, for a oh, an yeah. image. And do you yes. remember you were like, let's get this person involved. And we got all these tor- like graphic artists, so many torches, so many kinds of torches. Yeah. 
And they just weren't, no. they weren't wild enough. They no, were too it Olympic. Like, it was like Olympic. It yeah. was like every torch we created was the standard flame that you see. It was the standard torch. I and mean, we just, we just couldn't land. And so I was in bed one night and, and, um, I really felt the spirit say, you do it. Really specifically though. Not you, yet. Oh. So he says, you do it. Or she says, <laughs> spirit says, spirit says, you draw. And so I get with my journal and I start to draw and I still couldn't get it. I'm like, this is not, no, I'm not an artist. I'm not this type of artist. Like I, I no, this is not working. And then I heard, try it with your left hand. I'm like my left hand, like that's my non-dominant side, you know, try it with your left hand. And so I did, and it was right on. I mean, it was just this abstract flame that I probably could never recreate right. with my own. It was one time. It was pure, childlike. It was perfect. And what I learned the following day was this um, trauma um therapist was writing about your handwriting and your non-dominant form and to write a letter to yourself with your non-dominant hand and how it unlocks part of your brain that is you know not getting the connection that it needs and it can be a really powerful tool for integration and I was like shut up I was like <laughs> that's totally what spirit said to do you know and I didn't even realize that um it was going to come from yeah, from I'm going to write place. you a letter in my left hand. <laughs> Why don't you write you a letter? <laughs> oh, that's for another episode. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so we we named it Wild Torch. And the first year um, that that happened, we we were thinking about a venue and and what we wanted to create with this event. We knew there wanted to be movement and dance. We knew there wanted we wanted there to be song and storytelling and cuisine. And we wanted the food. Because remember, we didn't yes. want no chicken fried steak. That's we all floppy. We wanted everything to be so intentional. Yes. I mean, really through the five senses. We wanted every part of people who, who wanted just a soulful experience that it would touch all these, all the five senses, yeah. you know. So um, we really gathered at the time um, some artists who were just kind of, I remember... Like M. Paben was a part of that group. Sarah Martin, they owned Kindred Events together, which now, I mean, they're off doing their own crazy, amazing things. Um, chef Corey McIntyre had just come to the Hippodrome as their chef, and we decided to do it at the Hippodrome, which had recently been renovated. And uh, Shane Turner had bought it and was totally renovating it from the inside out. I mean, just restoring, really. I mean, that was just even so symbolic of what we were doing then. Well, so symbolic as well, because way back in the day, that's where... Where I had some spiritual moments. That's true. That's true. In, of my own life. And yeah. then that's where we used to lead worship with choice and touchstone. And so it's just kind of the special connection. Yeah. That's of that's right. being on that stage again. Yeah. So, so we pursued um, kind of what this experience would look like. And I don't remember why I called her. I don't know if she, and again, this has been five years. So Instagram wasn't even all that, but I do remember seeing something or being reminded of the work of Elizabeth, uh, Davis Richard. And she is, was a friend of mine. She's a Tony nominated actress. She had been nominated for once the musical on Broadway or, yeah, and and like, I I just was like, I I need to call her. I I need to see like, what is she doing? Is there any way we could get her connected to come and perform a monologue? And she sang on our one of our very first albums. Yeah, she um, sang and played um, played the violin. violin. And my connection with her was. Um, Way back in our college days, Elizabeth and I would volunteer for the homeless breakfast and she would play violin and I would sing and, and it was just, we both had a heart for the poor and marginalized. She's now doing a show called Indian Joe off Broadway and she's writing shows, she's performing them. I mean, she's just, um, yeah, she's just a gifted artist. And so I just, 
I was like, I wonder if I can get in touch with her again. I wonder if I could call her and ask her to come down, let her know kind of the fire that we're carrying for women and for culture and if she would want to be a part of it. And so she came in and like blew our socks off. Amazing. With what she performed that night. And it was this modern day interpretation of uh, the woman at the well. Yeah. Men were in tears. Wow. I mean, wasn't that her first one yeah. was The Woman at the Well? Woman at the Well was the first what one. What was the second one? A uh, Woman with the Issue of Bleeding. A modern yes. spin. Yes. The Woman with the Issue of and Blood. And she was pregnant. That's right. Really yeah. pregnant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So she's been she's performed at Wild Torch twice. Christy Knuckles came in and performed um, Healing is in Your Hands yeah. for us one night. Um, we just, we have had a journey of... of um, out on a limb, Brooke Schlecke doing movement and dance. So it's just been a night where worlds are colliding and this this heavy issue that we're facing somehow feels hopeful. Like you walk away from that night and you're like, there is power here. There's hope. Like this isn't all, you know, just terrible Right, and you're not you're not leaving with, you know, you're hearing stories, but you're hearing, you're right. That's the best word. You're hearing hope in the yeah. whole thing, and and the the other thing that I love is that the audience is made up of people from all walks of life. True. I mean, yes. you've got government officials there. We, right. we even had a U.S. congressman there one sure. time. Yeah, um, the mayor is there, the sheriff yeah. is there, but then you've got pastors and you've got. You've got people who don't believe in God totally. and you've got couples who yeah. had a date night and, yeah. you know, thought, I'll go to this deal. And then they get completely train wrecked yeah. by this issue. The, yeah. the, the thing is, is that when you leave, you leave with this notion, you have to do something. Yeah. You've been enlightened to this issue and we, we typically leave with the question, so what is my wild torch to carry? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And everybody has a wild torch to carry. Yeah. So what is yours? Yeah. And so whether you're a rich person or not a rich person, you have to do something mm-hmm. with what you're faced with. Yeah. And that's that's what I love about it. Yeah. And I even love like we have artists like I think of Ty Clark who oh, has just gosh. done some brilliant, brilliant work. Um in really portraying in an abstract form, like when we commissioned one year, um, we had we read the poem by Maya Angelou, um, Caged Bird, and we had a performer from Baylor come and, and do a spoken word um, recitation of the poem, and and then he did this incredible. I mean, I don't even remember how big it was. It was huge, it was and um, just a gorgeous, gorgeous piece. Um, and then we had another, like a high school art teacher who did, uh, named Cash Teague. He ended up doing kind of a, mm, it was spin art. I don't know how to describe, cause we have one of his Abe Lincoln's yeah, in it's, our well, house. It's, it's that kind of art where you don't really know what he's painting and he's spinning this big thing. And all of a sudden at the very last minute, he spins it straight and it's yeah. like, boom, there's Jesus Yeah. or in our in our case, it was Mother Teresa. Yeah, and it was, and he painted it there on the spot. That's right. So the very first year that we did this, we had out on the patio of the Hippodrome, we had Cash spinning his art. We had um, Jonathan Martin, who now runs and is blown up. Um, Black Oak Art. Yeah. He was throwing clay yeah. and and doing a bowl to be auctioned off that night, which was just incredible. So, so that experiential element of as you're having a drink, mingling, you're watching the art being made that yeah. then is going to be auctioned off right. in the, in the show, yeah. which is, that was, that it was, was a great. Cool, it was great. A that was your idea. It was yeah. awesome. It was a really neat integrated way to do that. And, um, it just was different. You know, Waco had never really had anything like that. Um, and, and we thought, wow, this is, this is such a cool experience. So that first year to get to the practicals, um, the first year we raised, $48,000. And we thought that was we insane. We hit the lottery. We were like, I mean, to go from $400 the yeah. year before. Amazing. We were so grateful. And, and it was it was great. The next year. $52,000. Equally, you know, amazing. Now, remember, when you met with a couple of local nonprofit people that kind yeah. of do the F- circuit. Big fundraising. Big fundraisers. Yeah. 
they said, if you can raise $100,000 at your event in Waco, Texas, you have... Yeah. Not you have arrived, but you have connected. You're doing good. You've connected with the people. People are believing in your vision, and you keep going. Yeah. So you're one, 48. You're two, 52. We're like, okay, we're seeing a little bit of increase. We've got some more work to do. Yeah. Year three, something happened. Well, we we had a building. Yes. That's why. So what we're learning in fundraising, if if you are a nonprofit um, exec director or marketing, you know people like to give toward... buildings. (laughs) Buildings. <laughs> they just, they do. Um, or tangible things. Tangibles, yeah. Vans, buses, sure. whatever. So it's it's hard to get people to get motivated to pay for a salary for a social worker. Although we need salaries for social workers. Mm. More than a van. <laughs> yes. I mean. But people can't, they can't see it. They can't feel it. They can't, you know. They can't point to they, it and they go, can't put a, their name dollars. on it. Yes. You can't put a plaque on a person. Can't put a plaque on a person. You know, can't wear a necklace around that says sponsored by. <laughs> <laughs> um, but man, are people so important. But what we learned is that that third year, we had a building where we were creating some amazing programs from within, lovely enterprises and the future home of our access program. And we were having um, an office that the advocacy center was going to be sending over a counselor specifically for victims of trafficking and sex exploitation. So there were all these things that really had measurable, tangible ways for people to give. And even though Brett and I could live in this like conceptual land, I for sure could. Um, It is so helpful to get down to the brass tacks of how your donors are giving, where those dollars are going, and how you're spending them. And so um, that became that that I think is why that jump happened. Well, we also brought in. You remember Chris? That's Field, true. Chris, the auctioneer. Everybody loved him. He's so and great. And he wasn't one of those. Hey, bada 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 swing bada bada. Right. One of those guys. He was first of all, he runs his own nonprofit. That's right. And he gets it. He yeah. gets the story. Yeah. But. He has a fun skill in working with the audience and being able to do kind of auctioneering in a modern way. And he he got the vision. Yeah. And so he was able to cast a vision without it feeling, without us having to do it. Sure. And he, he made it, again, about monthly partnerships. So we did that kind of that quick right. um, live auction where it was it was a speed round yeah. of who's going to give to this and this amount per month goes to this and we've got to fund this many women through access so can we have this many people give this much and by the end of the night we had six women who you know were unnamed yet but whose whose access programs were paid for you know? so year three you remember we walked away after the event was paid for. With two hundred and twenty some odd thousand dollars. Yeah, it was amazing. I think we, if memory serves me correct, we sat on our deck that night and just stared <laughs> because we were so blown away at what God did. Yeah, and that was with like four hundred and ten people. Sure, right. It wasn't. It wasn't a massive event yeah. in terms of thousands of people. Right. Yeah. Four hundred people there. Right. And then last year. 197,000. Which is great. With less people. We had about 380 people there last year. And a lot of those people were already bought into the vision um, and were already monthly supporters. So that's also what we realized was, you know, we can't keep asking people for monthly supporters because some of these are return people who are already invested. They're continuing on to give. Um, so, So we did see kind of that, okay, we need to rethink like, what we're doing because now we have people giving well and i also overheard one of our guests as i was passing to come to the stage i heard him say oh this is when the artsy fartsy part starts and i thought oh man i'm on to you yeah you know the pattern of what we're doing exactly we're gonna blow your mind next year yeah so so now and it's your five it may it's your five this is your five it makes sense let's turn it on its head yes and do you remember we were we were sitting at Milo all day, yep. having on a date night, having David dinner. David and Jess. And our friends, Chick-fil-A, David and Jess Sakura come over and we're chatting and, and we Well, we put out the idea and we just began to say, you know, like we're kind of thinking about spicing up Wild Torch a little bit and, and really just changing the venue. And, and we just, we need a fresh experience. We need a way for... 
more people to be engaged in the community. We need even more. We, we need like everyone from who can't even afford a ticket to people. We want this mashup kind of to happen. And, and we really just want to go back to the beginning. We kept saying like, we just, we want to go back to the street. We want to go back to the beginning, back to the earth, back to the, back to Eden. Like, how do we do that? And, and so, um, you know, Corey was there who, who owns Milo and he was like, do it here. Do now, it here. Now remember, this is <laughs> Chef Corey who did yeah. the food for year one. That's right. He now has his own restaurant. High end, fine dining. Awesome. Yes. And he joins the conversation. And, and so, he had been actually since year two, he'd been telling me, Brett, you guys need to do Wild Torch outside. I'm like, it rains. Yeah. We can't do that. Yeah. We're not doing it. Yeah. So so here we are, year five, and we're like, mm, maybe we do switch it up. Maybe we do go. And so we're like, yeah, but you're not big enough to hold all these people. And he's like, that's okay. Let's call our friends over at the distillery. Let's call Balconies. Let's get them in. Let's shut down 11th Street. Let's And and I'm watching like Dave and Jess, and I'm like, what did they think about this? Because they go to these fundraisers. Yeah. They support amazing nonprofits and just personally and professionally, you know, like they're, they, they do that. And, you know, I'm like, what do y'all think? And they're like, we think you need to switch it up. People in Waco get in a rut. They know what to expect. Like year five, it's time to do something different, time to do something unexpected. So why not? And so it really, we let ourselves have permission. And this is what I just want to say to people who are helping with nonprofit fundraisers or even, even church events or things like this is give yourself permission to go ahead and sky's the limit. Mm. Like give yourself permission to say, it's okay to be a freak about whatever I need to think about, like on how to create this different experience. Like it's okay if you don't like the way things have been done in the past. It's okay if you're bored. It's okay if you want something different. So what do you want? Like give yourself permission to think, what do I want? If I'm a partaker in this um you know, experience, like what would I want from that? Or what do I want to give people? What kind of forms of giftings and talents and art do I have within me or do I know around me who could really give something unique and special toward a good cause, you know, and wrangle them in, wrangle those passionate artists in. And I will say this, as an artist and as a performer, I want to be utilized. Like I want to use my gift for good. Well, and we've been wrangled. Yeah. Maybe not in other events. Sure. In events that were totally off the wall, but it was a blast. So fun. It was fun. so fun to just, you know, help stand up someone else's vision yeah. and get behind it and use our talents to do that. Yeah. And I think, I think, again, people want to give where they see vision. And if you have a vision, you need to put language to what you're doing and why you're doing it so that other people can get excited about it. Nobody's excited to give their money or time to you if you're not excited about right. it. Totally. You know? So if you're passionate about something, look like it. Talk like it. Like learn how to communicate your passion so that more people can get excited about the things you're excited about. And you don't have to be a creative to do no. that. I think some folks think well, you know, Brett and Emily, they're musicians, they're artists, and they're creative, and so blah, 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 blah. No, no, I, I don't receive that at all. If, if, there is, if, if, if your calling is deep in your bones, it doesn't matter if you're creative or not. I've been inspired by business people who don't have a creative bone in their body, but they have a passion and that that is what is infectious and contagious to people. And I really feel like the myth is that um, people think you're either creative or you're not. The, the truth is we're all creating something. Mm-hmm. We're either creating spreadsheets or we're creating solutions to problems or we're creating um, beautiful spaces for people to come in our homes or we're creating meals or, or we're creating children. Mm. <laughs> I mean, you know, like we're creating goodness in all different aspects. Yeah, and so we really are all creatives. You just need to think of yourself as you are made from the same fabric of the divine creator that mm. I am. You, you, are, you have creator in you. Yeah. And so you do create, but what you create might look different. And honestly, I need people who create spreadsheets. I need people who create analytic software. I need people who, who create systems you know, that we then can use to put forth music 
and art in a tangible way where people can, can give. I need, so, yeah, I mean, all of it. We need, we need everyone's creativity at the table to advance goodness and light and the truth of Christ in the world. So here we are, year five. Yay. It's in about seven weeks. Right. <clears throat> we're taking a big risk here. We are. We're taking it we're to the streets. We're taking it to the streets. Taking it to the streets. Ah. <laughs> I've always wanted to play bass. Um, <laughs> was that the bass line? That was. That no, 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 no. <gasps> oh my gosh. I, I still, so, so you, you are all gas. Yeah. I'm here for the vision. I'm ready. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing it. All gas. I'm lots of gas, but I do have a brake pedal. And You're just more cautious. I think, yeah, ways. I think I'm more cautious more than you cautious. are. Um, and I can't get over the fact, what are we going to do if it rains? Yeah. So the, the hope is that we have, maybe we'll reschedule, but the no, hope. it's not going to rain. The hope is that it, it won't rain, but if it does, um, strategically, our goal is to raise the money that we need to raise so that we don't have to do a live auction. The hope is that we are going to raise money through our silent auction this year, which will be online. So follow us at JSL because we've got more packages than we ever had. Yeah. Incredible and you don't have to, you don't have to you be don't have in to Waco to participate. That's right. So, so if you're in Oregon. So we're switching it up. Dallas? Yeah. You can be a part of Wild totally. Torch. Totally. And, and that, that is something new that, that we wanted to do. And then um, the second thing is that you can, so, so you can do your auction online. Oh, and then that way, if we sell the tickets, we got the sponsorships, we've, we've done the online auction. By the time we get to that night, it's story and song and party. all it's the just way. A just party a big party on 11th Street. Dollop of goodness and authenticity and, and fire and fire. We we're have, gonna have fire. We have more because we're outside, so we have more fire performers than we ever have. Guys, we are Eleventh Street's gonna be a party. All shut down between shut Milo and Balconies. Down. We're shutting it down. There, we're bringing in a massive stage and lights, and our you know VIP Milo folks. They're gonna have. An exquisite dinner. I just got the menu yesterday. It's Ooh, off the chain. Um, so those folks will be there. And then our Balconies VIP folks yes. are going to get an amazing fire meal with full-on presentation from Chef Reed Guess. Woo! Guest Family Barbecue. It's be fan- and then you can go through the distillery and you can see what's happening Gorgeous. there. Gorgeous. doesn't matter if you like whiskey. No. It's a beautiful... It's beautiful. That building in and of itself is so a piece well of done. art. It's I mean, so it's well just... Done. If you haven't seen it, you've got to see it. And then our street level folks, you're going to have this great street party going on and you're going to have access to some food trucks. trucks, We're trying to find if anybody out there has a yellow boa constrictor, will you contact us stat? Like really like that one Britney Spears used in that video. (laughs) We need one that big. Not video. That was like at the Grammys one year or something. But anyway. We don't want Britney Spears to hear. We Mm. want the boa constrictor. Yeah. I could because... The theme for this year is fire seeds and soil, and we are unearthing Eden Mm. to reclaim humanity. And so this original design for male, female, human is really what we're unearthing. And what we're we're saying is we carry Eden within us. Mm. We create spaces for love and belonging, this this kinship with God, we create that wherever we go as Christ followers. And so we are literally going to have um, kind of resurrect a Garden of Eden on 11th Street. Um, I'm not sure how, in my mind, this looks like a part of a jungle on 11th Street. I don't know that we can fully have like (laughs) a Costa Rican jungle (laughs) in the midst, but it will symbolically be... um, the beautiful, beautiful place of belonging and kinship. And one of our women who was standing with me dreaming about this Eden patch, she said, Emily, I want pictures of all of us who are fruit bearing here in JSL. She said, and I want to be in charge of hanging the pictures all over the Garden of Eden for the van that God provided, for the living room space that we have, for our faces, for the garage sale, for all these. I want to that's what I want to be in charge. So, so it's going to be like this symbolic Eden patch, uh, so it, right on the street. I, what I hear you saying, if I'm going to interview, and you so for therefore a minute, the boa. Yes, yeah. therefore the therefore. Eden. So again, if you have a the, the really snake, large yeah. yellow boa constrictor, will you please yeah. contact us? We need it. <laughs> we might, we'll give you a ticket. 
What I hear you saying is, is that this isn't going to be like anything we've experienced before. No, and we don't know fully how it's going to turn out. I mean, that's the deal is when you dream like this, like you're, you're setting yourself up for possible disappointments Mm. for things not to go well. And they may not, Mm -hmm. um, for less people to really buy in because maybe they don't understand. Yeah. I mean, and that is a risk, you know, but there's so much fun in the risk and, and once the stage portion begins, who's coming? propaganda so we're hoping to have prop on the podcast next week um prop is a socially conscious uh rapper poet musician um activist who yeah is about truth and beauty in the world and um so we we heard him at the ijm conference that we were a part of or just as attendees last Year, he, he blew or, our minds. And yeah, I mean, we were just so engaged in his story and we were engaged in the way he holds his art um, in a very uh, risky and vulnerable way mm-hmm. um, for us felt so spot on with the work that we're doing um, because He's saying things that, you know, well, art is risky and and music is risky, but not all artists are able to risk with their art forms. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something I'm even learning myself as we continue to write and and create stuff is like, this is so sacred to me. This is so (laughs) scary for me to put out there what I really believe and what I really feel and what I know to be true. Because it's not always received, of course, in a way that's sure. you know pleasant. Um, so I just I just loved his his perspective and his posture. Very, yeah. um, is it his record label that's humble beast? We can ask him that. Is that his? I don't know, but he. I would I would agree. He is a humble beast. He is a humble beast, and so I don't know if he named that or if that's what he's a part of. But um, there is a humility, yeah, that's willing to step across the aisle. And learn, mm-hmm. and that is a posture we all need to learn from. I remember after we experienced um, his performance, and we, you and I, went to dinner um, late that night at the IJM conference, and we're sitting across, and you, of course, with your ideas that never stop, you go, "I'm just going to DM Prop and see if he'll come to Wild Torch." And I was <laughs> like, "What? He, big time! Like, big time!" And you got a response from somebody like while we were still sitting at the table. Yeah, he was like, "Contact my management company. Here's the here's booking is can be found here." And I was like, "Great." Here we go. Yeah. And like a couple of days later, it was booked. Yeah. He's coming. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm grateful. I don't even fully know what to expect and and we don't know him personally. No. I mean, you know, this most artists who have come in to Wild Torch, we've had a very um, kindred relationship with a, a history there. Yeah. We have zero, you know, real history here. And, um, and so it's, it feels, um, yeah, just risky there too, because it's like, man, we love, we, I, I, he, I love his, his art. It also terrifies me. Mm. Like, you know, like it's so, there's so much truth there that you almost have to listen to like one song at a time and then like yeah. go and debrief and yeah. process with yourself. And that is, this just good. It's just good work. It's a, it's an invitation. It his, is an, I, that's the word I was thinking of. It, his work is an invitation. His work is an invitation. And sometimes yeah. you don't want to take the invitation. Sure. Because it's going to expose some things yeah. in you that you're going to have to face. Now, listen, I think there's a lot of people who could just be like, man, that's cool. You know, whatever. That's, you know, he's a great performer. Mm -hmm. He is good at his art. He is good at what he does. So you will be entertained. No doubt. You don't have to take the invitation. No. You don't have to, but you can. And if you will, it's it's an incredible journey. So um, hopefully we will be able to talk and bring propaganda to the mic and talk about... um, 
art. He has a lot of really cool thoughts too on what Christian art means or <laughs> quote Christian music. And I love some of his thoughts that I've been uh, listening to and, and hearing him talk about in other podcasts and stuff. So we'll try to get him on here and just talk about why art and story and music are also important to him. So Wild Torch. Yeah. So Wild we're taking Torch, it to the streets. Taking it to the streets. It's going to be unlike anything you've ever seen. It is. I want tickets. Where do I get tickets? You go to wildtorch.com, and there you will find sponsorship packages and single individual tickets that are available for purchase online. You know what's really cool? Um, we've never had a title sponsor before mm-hmm. for this event, and we have, we've struck up a relationship with our friends at TFNB, your bank for life. Yes. And we got to be charity champions last year, That's which right. is a cool program they have, and um, I, I remember we were sitting in David Littlewood's office, David Littlewood's the president, and we were working on this. They're, they're coming alongside our access to program That's that we'll right. talk about down for the road. Microloans, microloans, yeah, microloans, for and they're helping to facilitate, um, getting these women microloans to start their own businesses. And, um, and while we finished that meeting, he had the Wild Torch sponsorship on, on, the, on his desk and he goes, Oh, what did, Wild Torch tell me about it this year? And we we're like, you know, it's a little bit of this, a little bit of this. He goes, what did we do last year? And I said, well, you did kind of the mid-range because that's all that was left. Mm-hmm. Um, the VIP stuff was already sold, sold at that point. And he goes, did I like it? And I said, well, I think you wanted to be at the VIP, but I don't remember. <laughs> and he goes, so has anybody got the title sponsor yet? And I said, no. He goes, put us down for the title sponsor. Yeah. In three minutes, yeah. we secured our title sponsor yeah. just by telling the story. Yeah. And now TFMB is so interwoven into the fabric of mm-hmm. JSL, yeah. it, they're doing ministry mm-hmm. in the midst of banking. Right. I just think that's brilliant and yeah. beautiful how God can use a bank totally. to minister. Yeah. That's so what it's... thanks, David and TFNB yeah. and you guys there for being a part of Wild Torch. You're taking a risk with us. That's right. And we love that we're going to do it together. Love it. We're so excited. We can't wait to see you April 23rd. This is for anyone across Texas who wants to come as we are... All the funds being raised are to expand our programs, um, to be able to replicate those across the state of Texas. Uh, The need is so great for women who are exploited through the commercial sex industry and human trafficking victims. Uh, Texas is now listed as number two state for human trafficking. Um, And really every city that we're kind of working within, whether it's outreaches or just volunteer groups or college campuses, what we're learning is that access program fills a gap that a lot of cities don't have. And Stop Demand School fills a gap that a lot of cities don't have. And so what we want to be able to do is to bring more staff along, more licensed clinical social workers, which we don't have, that we absolutely have to have if the programs are going to expand, and licensing and training and equipping other people to do this. I mean, it is such needed work in the world. And we have just been blown away by the support here in Waco and we want to see more communities get on board. Yeah. So wildtorch.com. Yes. Join us. Um, if you can't make it to Wild Torch and you want to be a part of Wild Torch financially, you can always make a donation and yeah. click the Wild Torch button and that'll be included in our total. Um, how much do we want to raise this year? Do we have a goal? You tell me. I'd love to raise $500,000. Well, that's what I said. Let's see <laughs> so, if we can do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. I think we can do it. Let's I mean, it's just it. all of us together. Absolutely. I think we can raise half a million dollars. Across the state. and Across and, America. Across the world. It will impact so many people's lives. Yes. Yes. The need, the need is great. And, you know, we would love to share more just about our vision and we will be sharing more about the vision and where exactly we're going. Uh, if you want to meet with us individually, we'd love to have those conversations with you. If you're a business that wants to sponsor in any way, please reach out to us because there are some really creative ways you can be involved as a business. And, um, we would love to champion what you're doing in the world as you champion what we're doing in the world. So with that being said... You going to do it? The song? You want to do it? I do. Um, we have... I mean, wasn't that the plan? Well, yeah. Okay. I was just trying to oh. build up some energy Oh, build here. it up. Okay, like it was spontaneous? Yeah, this is... Oh. Yeah, you see what I'm doing here? Okay, now I'm like... Mm. Um, I'm just being real. 
<laughs> this is uh, this is how it is, guys. <laughs> I'm real. Um, so the the song that we first did at Wild Torch five years ago now is a song that uh, I wrote called Wild Torch as I thought about a closer of like how do we bring this concept um, all the way together in a form of music. So I don't know. I just thought we'd play it for you, this totally stripped down, you know, acoustic type version. It's kind of become a... It's an anthem. It's kind of become the anthem of this event. It's the anthem. But um, yeah, we'll slow it down a little bit just to... The words are really important. I think I remember, Brett, you didn't want to write the bridge. Mm-mm. And and we were missing a bridge. We, we always get in fights over bridges. I I don't know. Like a, I don't, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, you I remember saying we're stuck. We're stuck. We I need lyrics. I need words. Like I could hear the melody of of what's going to go in this bridge. And you said I don't know. And I said, Brett, loosen your tongue. Just talk to me. What is going on in that head of yours? Because I could see your eyes working. Yeah. And you didn't want to say it. It's because it's vulnerable and I didn't of want it to be it dumb. Is. It's not dumb. And so you go, finally, I mean, I don't know if it was like 10 minutes. It felt like an eternity. And finally you go, I don't know. I just keep thinking kings and paupers. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's it. That is, and that's just, that's all you needed to say. And then the bridge happened. So let's do the song.
Hey, thanks for joining the Jesus Said Love podcast. We are so glad you have chosen to awaken hope and empower change with us. We want to remind you to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave us a review. Yes. Because your voice matters. It's how we get this message into the world. And lastly, be sure to follow Jesus Said Love on Instagram and Facebook for up-to-date info. And visit the website at JesusSaidLove.com for how you can join the JSL fam. Until next time. Share the love.